Thanks for tuning into this week's message. For more resources and information about Cedar Valley, please visit cvchurch.org. If you haven't been here the last couple weeks, we've been doing a Christmas series, and we've called it the, uh, the, the Christmas Option. And we looked at week one, we looked at, at, at kind of what are some of the, the difficulties of Christmas. And we said the original Christmas was loaded with difficulties for Mary and Joseph. And so we looked at the Christmas option of how do we handle those situations. And then the second week, we looked at really the, the inconveniences of Christmas. And, and that their, their Christmas was very inconvenient. They had to travel from way up in the north down to the south. And we looked at that. And then the third week, just last week, you'll remember, uh, we, we talked about uh, the, the extras Hello? of Christmas and right all that place? that entails Hello? about the extras. Hello, it's so dark. Hello? Am, am I in the right place? Whoa, it's so big in here. Boy, I am so glad to see all of you. I didn't think I would see another human again. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm Neil. I have no idea who you are. You're not Todd. Maybe I am in the wrong place. I'm looking for CV kids. Oh, snap. If you're looking for CV kids, you're in the exact right place because the kids are all with us uh, today. But first of all, I don't know who Todd is, and, and I still don't know who you are. I'm Emily, and Todd is the guy who normally talks on the stage to the kids. Oh, you mean, you mean Ty? Tall guy with the beard? Sounds like Ty. Ty? I could have sworn he told me his name was Todd. But anyway, I'm here. I'm ready to go. I'm sorry, you're ready for what? I'm ready to be a part of the kids' choir and sing our Christmas song. I've been practicing all week long. I told the kids that I am a great actress, but I'm an even better singer. <clears throat> Let me just warm up my voice. Okay, me. Okay. So, so I'm sure you're a great singer. I have really bad news for you. Um, you missed it. The kids already sang, and they were awesome. But, you know, um, you, you, you can have a seat. You can join us, but you, you missed it. What? I missed it? Yeah. I came here. It can't be I over. I'm sorry. You missed it. It's so disappointing. I practiced all week long for a song that I can't even perform. What's the point of being here? What's the point of Christmas well, now? Actually, so I'm so glad that you asked us because that's what we're talking about this morning is the point of Christmas. Christmas is more than a song. It's more than just family. We're, we're going to talk about that. You, you can have a seat. You can join us because we're going to talk about the point of Christmas. I guess I could. It kind of reminds me of this thing that Todd said a few weeks back about how when I'm disappointed, God still loves me and has a plan for me. Yeah. You know, maybe it's like God's plan that I'm here today to listen to your message. Right. Todd might have been right. It's still Ty. It's still Ty. <laughs> okay, Ty, whatever. You can be wrong too. Um, <laughs> but you said I'm such a great singer. So why don't I like sing a song for all of you at the end of service? Hark the Okay, hair. so okay, so maybe so we'll work on that. But why don't you have a seat and, and just join us? Because we're gonna talk about the point of Christmas. Okay, okay. sounds good. All See right. you guys at the end of service. And just so you guys know, Emily is in our kids' church all the time and does a great job playing a, a number of characters. So kids know her. Would you give her a big hand? Yeah. So that's what we're talking about this morning is we're talking about the point of Christmas. And we've talked about a lot of different things 
of what the point of Christmas kind of isn't. We talked about really common things that we know that Christmas is, is not about that. It's, it's not the worst thing in the world, right? We, we talk about it. Christmas is also not necessarily just about shopping and buying gifts and presents, and there's nothing wrong with giving, giving gifts. Some of you are really good gift givers, and you love to give gifts, but it's not really the point of Christmas. We've even said that it's not about all the just the warm, cozy feelings, and you get together with family, and you have some great memories, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with that, but, but it's not the point, ultimately the point of Christmas. Now, those of you who are your church folks, you know this, the answer somewhere in there has got to be Jesus, right? Because you know this, some of you know this story about the, the guy who was teaching a Sunday school class, and he had a lot of little kids in front of him, and he said, all right, kids, here's the deal, I'm going to tell you a riddle, and I'm just going to keep giving you clues, and as soon as you figure it out, I just want you to yell out the answer, because you'll know what it is. And so they all sat there, and he said, I'm thinking of a, a small animal, and nobody said anything. And then he said, you know, it's a small animal, kind of, kind of brown, kind of gray. And none of the kids said anything. And he was kind of disappointed in his Sunday school class. And he said, you know, a little animal, kind of brown, kind of gray, big bushy tail. And still nobody said a word. And he, he couldn't believe that his kids were getting. He said, really? Small animal, kind of brown, kind of gray, big bushy tail, gathers nuts for the winter. Nobody said anything. He said, really, you kids don't know what that is. And finally, the little girl raised her hand, and she said, well, it sounds like a squirrel, but I know the answer is always supposed to be Jesus. <laughs> and so I know you know that. The answer is kind of Jesus. And so it's real easy for us to think about the baby Jesus, right? And there's a reason that we think about the baby Jesus when it comes to Christmas. Matthew's account says this, and while they, Mary and Joseph, while they were there, while they were down in Bethlehem, because they traveled from up north down to Bethlehem, and while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. So oftentimes we think about Christmas as this baby. It's, it's all about the baby. And even Isaiah in his prophecy says, he says, thank you. He says, for a child is born to us. A son is given to us. We think of the baby. And when it comes to Christmas, we think of a baby. It's very common. We always think of that. So baby isn't wrong. What I would say is this, that when it comes to the point of Christmas, a baby isn't wrong. It's just incomplete. And so I want to take a look at what we really think about Christmas. What's the real point of Christmas? And to do that, I want to look just briefly at John's gospel this morning. Not John the Baptist. John the disciple, the very close friend of Jesus, what we believe was Jesus' closest friend, who wrote the account after he saw the resurrected Jesus. And in John's gospel, he writes this in John chapter 1. He says, in the beginning, the word, very important, already existed. So whatever we think the beginning was, the word already existed before the beginning. And he says, the word was with God. The word was already existing and it was with God. And then John continues in his gospel, and he says this, and the Word was God. The Word was God. And so to understand this fully, I think we should take just a little closer look at the word word. The word word in the Greek literally is logos. This is what John would have been writing. He would have been writing Greek, and he would have used the word logos. And it really means the essence of. That's what it means. So if I showed you two big golden arches you would say McDonald's it's McDonald's if I show you a black swoosh on the side of a shoe you would say because those are the logos those are their logos and they're the very essence of McDonald's and they're the very essence of Nike 
This Jesus is the Logos. He's the essence of God. It further means it's symbolic of the nature and function of Jesus Christ. It personifies the revelation of God as Jesus, the Messiah. So now reread that passage from John where he says, in the beginning, Jesus already existed. In fact, Jesus was with God and Jesus was God. That's how we read that passage. And then very importantly, by the time you get to verse 14, he's going to explain Christmas to us. Because John says this, And so Jesus, the Word, became human, and he made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we use the New Living Translation. I like the New International Version sometimes because it says that he became flesh. That Jesus became flesh. And so there's just two thoughts I want you to take away. And we'll get to the, to the later one especially. But two thoughts I want you to take away with you. And you think about what is the point of Christmas. And point number one is this. That God became human flesh. And I think sometimes we, we forget that. Because we just think about the little baby Jesus. Dear little baby Jesus. That's how we think of it. And it's really God becoming human flesh. There's a great ad campaign that you'll see during NFL football games, and they had a spot during the Super Bowl this last year, and the ad campaign is simply this, he gets us. And the reason he gets us is because God became human flesh. God knows what this life is like. No other God knows that. Our God knows that because he came in human flesh. So you know what? Jesus knew what it meant to be rejected by his closest friends. You ever been rejected by friends? Jesus knows exactly what that's like. Jesus knows what it's like to be betrayed by folks. He was betrayed. Our God gets us. Jesus knows what it was like to experience pain and hardship and trial. Jesus knew what it was like to lose a close, close friend. We remember that when Lazarus died, Jesus got there and it said Jesus wept. Because he gets us, because he knows what it's like to be like us. Because he came in human flesh and lived among us. I think that's important that we, that, we, that we recognize that. But there's a second point that I think we've got we to gotta have in our heads when we leave here this morning. Because it's not just about the baby Jesus. Again, it's not wrong. It's just incorrect. Number one is that God became human flesh. But here's number two. Number two is that we can have perfect peace. You see, I don't, I don't get that. We can have perfect peace. Why, why is that Christmas? And I think for that, I think we should look at biblical prophecy. If you're not familiar with biblical prophecies, there, there are several hundreds of prophecies that were written around about Jesus before he, before he ever got here, hundreds of years before he ever came to earth. There were prophecies that were foretold, told by the prophets, and then Jesus fulfilled them. At the point of his uh, ascension to the Father, Jesus fulfilled over 300 prophecies. Words that were said about him hundreds of years in advance, and then he fulfilled it, just as the Father said. So, for instance, when you look at biblical prophecies, we know that he was born of a virgin. How many know that Jesus had nothing to do with that? Born of a virgin. It was prophesied, and he was. He was born in Bethlehem. Again, he had nothing to do with that. In fact, his parents lived up north in Galilee. They lived up in Nazareth. And then all of a sudden, Caesar Augustus has a census, and they have to travel about 80 to 90 miles south. Very inconvenient, very difficult time. Mary was over eight months pregnant. But because of that, they had to go to their ancestral town. Joseph was from the line of David, and they had to go to Bethlehem. And while they were in Bethlehem, the baby was born. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. He was betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. Again, he had no control over that. We know that Judas Iscariot betrayed Jesus. 
and he was paid 30 pieces of silver to do it. Jesus fulfilled that prophecy. The fact that he was crucified. Very few historians debate the fact that Jesus was actually crucified and that he rose from the dead. So let me read you another prophecy from Isaiah the prophet. This was 700 years before Jesus was born. And Isaiah tells us, a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders. Now, that, that phrase, the government will rest on his shoulders, is still a yet-to-be-fulfilled prophecy. And it speaks of the new millennium when Jesus will reign and will rule again. But I will say this, and this is fun for me, the government will rest on his shoulders. You say, well, our government doesn't rest on his shoulders. Well, that's pretty obvious. But at the same time, I'll tell you this. I know stories from folks who are sitting in this room right now. I know your stories. And you lived crazy lives of addiction, whether it was drugs or alcohol, and you surrendered your life to Jesus, and you actively serve him today. And I say, oh, they're being governed by Jesus right now. And if you'd have been here on Tuesday night, and Steen, what happened in our place? Folks were just lined up. And you all fed so many people because of the way you generously give. And I go, oh, those people are being governed by the Lord Jesus Christ right now. And when I see the way that you just generously give and you support missions around the world, and I say, oh, they're being governed by Jesus. It says the government will rest upon his shoulders and he'll be called Wonderful Counselor. He'll be called Mighty God. He'll be called Everlasting Father. And then this last one I love, he'll be called the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. He's the Prince because he's royalty, because he's divinity. But specifically, he was called the Prince of Peace. Peace is something else. Peace is strength and confidence, right? When the, when the wind blows and the thunder roars, there's peace and confidence, so let's talk about this peace just a minute because he's the prince of peace because Christmas doesn't just mean that God became flesh, although he did. It also means that you can have peace. Let's talk about this peace just for a minute. Number one, I'll tell you this. The peace gives you strength. This peace can give you strength. And again, when the wind blows and the thunder roars, when you get a diagnosis of, of, COVID, of, uh, of, of cancer or, or peace with the coronavirus going around and folks are losing their marbles, right? It's peace when you lose your job or when you lose your marriage or when you have a child and you're like, I don't, I don't know where my child's headed. And yet you can have a peace in the midst of it. It doesn't mean that those things don't happen. It means in the midst of it, you, you actually have peace. Why is that? Because a baby was born. Because, the, because this child came and, 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 and came as the Prince of Peace. But also this peace You'll never fully understand it. He says, it's the peace that surpasses all understanding. And that's why sometimes life is going on, and I've seen some of y'all, and I've seen your life experiences, and I think, how are those two doing that? That's the Prince of Peace. That's the Prince of Peace. There's no other way to explain that. Right. That's a peace that could be yours. If you're not experiencing that peace, it could be yours. It doesn't mean difficult situations don't happen. It means that they happen and you can experience peace. Here's another thing you should know about that peace. It's a gift. Jesus said, my peace I leave you, my peace I give you. It's a gift. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. You can't behave your way into that kind of peace. 
That's, that's the peace given by the Prince of Peace. It's a gift to you. But the last thing I would say to you is this. You have to ask for it. You have to ask for that. That, that gift isn't just everybody's. It can be anybody's, but it's not everybody's. You have to actually ask for it. And you don't ask for it one time. Too, too often times in the church, and maybe you're a visitor, you're a guest today, and, and you hear, please, you know, by the church. Too often times we make it, hey, just ask this one time. Just ask Jesus in your heart. Just do it this one time. And I would say, I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true at all. I think it's an ongoing process where we ask for it every day and we surrender every day and it is an ongoing thing. And if anybody's ever misled you into thinking it's I ask this one time and then it's over, they did mislead you and they were wrong and I apologize for that. I think sometimes they're well-meaning. But it's a piece that you can have if you ask for it, but it's a daily thing. It's a way we live day after day that we surrender day after day after day. The Prince of Peace. And so my question is, are you experiencing that peace today? And maybe you've been a longtime follower of Jesus and you've been going to church all your life and you're not experiencing that peace. You've kind of forgotten that, that the Prince of Peace is, a, is an infant who grew to be a man and lived a sinless life and then suffered and died on our behalf. He showed Thomas the nail scars just to prove it. And then he rose from the dead, right? He rose from the dead. And now that Prince of Peace comes to you and he comes to me and, and he just extends his hands and he says, man, I want to give you peace. I want to give you peace. But you have to ask for it. You have to follow me and you have to ask for it. And so it's not just about a newborn baby. It's not even that God came in human flesh. It's that now you can have peace. And so if you're new here, every Sunday we have a big so what? Because this is what pastors do a lot of times. Blah, 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 blah. And you walk out of here and you go, what, what do you think he was trying to say? And so every Sunday we have what we call the big so what. And the big so what is your takeaway. And this is what I want you to remember this morning, especially this Christmas season. From now on, when you hear newborn baby, I want you to think Prince of Peace. And maybe you're visual and you're really visual like I am. If you're really visual, from now on, when you see this, and you're going to see this a lot. I want you to think this. That's what you think. You see that baby, and this is what you see. You see the Prince of Peace, and he extends his hands to every one of us. And he says, come to me. I want to give you peace. You can have peace. You're not going to have a mess-free life. That was never promised. But in the midst of your mess, you can have peace from the Prince of Peace. And so this morning, maybe with fresh ears, I want you to listen to this again. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby. And they were guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, the angel said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy 
to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You're going to find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, and they were praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Thank you.